Have you ever thought about full-timing and decided it would just be too lonely? Have you dreamed of bucket list destinations and then decided it just wouldn't be fun if you didn't have someone to share it with? Camp Attic co-founders and travel companions Kelly Beasley and Marsha Wendler are here today to dispel the notion that full-timing is a lonely endeavor suited only for hermits and introverts. There's actually a whole lot of fun happening out there. Stay tuned. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper, too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. The Girl Camper Podcast is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper-friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 13 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing support and sponsorship for Girl Camper is Campco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And GoRVing.com, home base for everything you need to get started RVing. And of course, our friends at Liberty Outdoors, makers of the Max and Mini RVs. Before we head into our interview with Marshall and Kelly, I want to tell you about something Campco makes that is going to extend the life of your RV tires, and that is the RV tire covers. They range in size from 24 inches all the way up to 42 inches. You can get two-pack for $15.95. That's the 32-inch side. They protect your tires and wheels from sun, dirt, corrosion, and all kinds of weather while your vehicle is parked. They're durable and Compact. These things are gathered with an elastic at the top, so they just snap on over your tire, and they have a buckle that goes across the back. I love it when we had Walter Cannon on a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and I, I believe that Tim Hines talked about this last week, too. Keeping those tires in shape is so important, and weather takes such a toll in UV rays on your tire. So check them out at Amazon.com, Camco. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It's just one more thing Camco is doing to make RVing even more fun. We'll be back in a minute, and we're going to talk with Kelly and Marshall. They're camp addicts. Welcome back, everyone. My guests today are Kelly Beasley and Marshall Wendler. They are business partners, full-time RVers, and traveling companions who co-founded Camp Attic Together, an online service for RV reviews, guides, and essentials. They have nine years combined experience in the RV lifestyle and lots of stories to tell. They're here today to tell a cautionary tale for solo travelers, so welcome to the show, Kelly and Marshall. 
Thank you for having us. Yes, hi, Janine. Hi. everybody. Well, I, I, Camp Addict, the website Camp Addict had come across, you know, my, my radar a couple of times, but what really drew me to it is I saw your story online, Marshall, and I'm going to ask you to tell it in a minute. And it's not a scary story. It, it is a cautionary tale. It, it shouldn't be anything that could keep someone from doing what you're doing. But right. I think we always need to be aware. So I, I'm happy to share that story with everybody today. But first, I always like the audience to know who we're talking to. So, Kelly, can we start with you? Tell us about yourself and your background and how you ended up being a full-time RVer. Sure thing. Okay. Well, I guess my story, I guess you could say it started quite a while back because my mom had been a full-time RVer for 20 years when I jumped on the bandwagon. It had been something that was kind of always in the back of my mind, but again, a long time ago, there wasn't the internet, there weren't the same resources out there to allow us to do this full time. So I did find myself in a place where I could do it, and once I found myself at that spot, like I jumped on the bandwagon within about six months and hit the road, not knowing exactly how I was going to do it, but I knew I probably wanted boondocking as much as possible, and now that I mean I boondock exclusively. So I bought a 24-foot travel trailer, I uh, bought a truck, ran my house out, sold everything I had, you know, hear the story quite a bit, <laughs> the same thing, and I hit the road, and that was, I'm in my fifth year now full-timing, and let's see, I met Marshall along the way pretty early on, and we'll tell you more about that, I guess we'll tell, tell and you And Kelly, do, do you, did you have a job that allowed you to work from the road? I did. I had a part-time job. I was writing for a magazine and doing customer support for that same company. And then I also had pretty darn good rental income. So that helped out quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Marsha? What's your backstory? Well, I have always been interested in RVing. Um, you know, for like 20 years, I was looking at RVs and dreaming about living in an RV. Uh, I got married in my mid-20s, and I could never convince my wife to pull the trigger to, to move into an RV and just travel around. Um, unfortunately, I lost her to breast cancer in my early 40s, so I found myself in a position where I was by myself and... I decided that it was now or never to live this dream. Uh, I Fortunately, I had a remote job at the time. I was working for a software company and customer support, so it didn't matter where I was. Yeah. And that company was very supportive in my decision to move on the, you know, to move into an RV and live the full-time RVing lifestyle. And now I'm in year six of doing it, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, first let me say I'm so sorry about your wife. Um, that's, that's a tough loss. And, um, but I do think being out on the road and being in nature is very healing. Yeah. And, and I have got this incredible road family, the support network, uh, and Kelly is key in that, but I've got a bunch of friends and we're all nomads and, you know, it's not lonely on the road. So it's yeah. not like I'm sitting here in the forest going, poor me. Uh, <laughs> you're going lucky me. Yeah, exactly. Lucky me. And it's actually, you know, quite the opposite. I'm very social, way more than I was living in the sticks and bricks lifestyle. So, yes, yeah, great lifestyle, great fit for me. Well, tell me how the two of you met and became friends. Just out there on the road, bump into you at a campground one day? 
Actually, no. Um, I, so I had been on, I had been on the road about eight months, but I had stayed at a friend's ranch for most of that time. Then it was January. It was snowing. I decided to haul it down to Arizona where the Quartzsite show was going on. I figured that would be the best place possible to meet a bunch of our viewers. So there four or five days, I had met zero, zero people. And I didn't see anybody kind of around my age. And you know, how do you just walk up to somebody and start a conversation? It just wasn't, I didn't feel it. So I reached out on Facebook to a full-time group and I said, Hey, am I the only like single 40 something RVer out here? Yeah. And I got a bunch of replies, but two of them were key. One was a friend of mine named Jennifer. We had mutual friend. Well, now you. <laughs> I, mean, I hadn't even met Jennifer, actually, but we were from the same area. And she told me there's a group of her friends around my age. They're all, like, hanging out just south of Quartzsite. Would I like to join them? I was like, yes! Yeah. And so that's where I met Marshall. Um, and the other one was, uh, uh, what's his name? Talking about you? Oh, Chris and Sheree. Chris. Chris reached out and told me about Escapers Group. They had just started, and uh, they were all still hanging out there. I think the, the convergence had already finished, but I went and watched a movie night with them, and, and Marshall, and he was there, too. I was there, yeah. Anyway, that introduced me to Escapers. So that has introduced me to not just Marshall, but a gigantic swath of friends that I have on the road now. Yep. Exactly. Do you, do you find that um, with escapers and I, and I love that group and I was just actually chatting with them a little while ago and so many of my full timing friends talk about that that network mm-hmm. is really key for people full timing isn't it? Oh, it's huge for uh, for me. It's huge for Marshall. Yeah, I mean it's literally the way that we meet people on the road. And we almost have too many friends now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're never parked alone anymore. So there's there's two other besides our two trailers right now. There's two people here. There might be more right now, except you know some people were here earlier. They had to leave because of the time limit. Uh, more people are coming. It's just a constant revolving group of friends, and it's so fun. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. I mean, I'm not in a position to do it myself because my husband works full time, and uh, I think my adult kids would go into meltdown if I sold the house but um but I I I want to someday I, I want to get to Quartzsite this January I'm just going to fly out and rent a class C and spend two or three weeks out there because it just looks like so much fun and every January so many of my full-timing friends are posting from there while I sit in the snow so I I, I would love to love to get out there and it, it just sounds like so much fun and so you guys are in a boondocking spot right now huh yes yes yeah. we are just outside of West Glacier Montana oh. and there's not much boondocking out here but this is a kind of a little spot and it does have enough signal that we can work yeah that's always key that's the key for our lifestyle you know running camp attic we have to have cell signal some way to get online there are so many places that we could go that don't have signal but that's the one restraint and it is hot like most of the country it's hot but thank goodness i do have two generators and a parallel camp <laughs> yeah we don't have that ac it's, well, it's not preferred but I really would love for you to talk about Camp Addict. I mean, really, I fell big in that rabbit hole the other day because you guys have great information out there. So tell us about um, where that brainchild came from and what's the division of labor there? Well, we, um, first of all, Camp Addict, we uh, set out to make a 
comprehensive resource for RV products and RV education. And I guess the reason why we decided to do that was because in our own research and going online, we found that there's a lot of good information out there, but it's all over the place. And you have to sort of disseminate and put it all together yourself. And you go here, you go there. You don't know actually which information is trustworthy, what information isn't. Yeah. And, and if you need something really specific about a certain thing you're using, it was like a needle in a haystack trying to – what site do you go to? There was no one site where, hey, here's all the answers. So we wanted to make that. Hey, here's the, here's one place you go. It's all on one page. You can find so it there instead of having – some of the things. I, one of the things I loved is that you guys do product reviews. What's the process there? So we identify a category that we want to write about. Typically, first of all, we've used it. We, we, we use it. So yeah. we, like, we're not going to talk about fifth wheel hitches because we don't have fifth wheel and haven't worked with that. Mm-hmm. So. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, living the lifestyle, we're, we're using all these product categories as far as we can in a travel trailer aspect. But So we'll identify the category, and then we'll, you know, we'll – both look at the products that we use and the products out there and determine the top products for that category. And then we'll go in and write a nice in-depth guide on how to use the products, what's the purpose of the products. Um, well, how do we figure out which is the best? I think that's where she was going with it. And we do the same thing that you would do. Mm-hmm. We do the research for you. You know, We use our heads. We use um, friends who have recommendations. We use some of the things. Um, we look online at uh, fake spot, make sure they're not fake reviews. We use our head. Marshall's very smart. He's very smart with electronics and whatnot, and he just has this way of knowing things and researching it for himself. He's very good at that. And he's a huge key component behind Camp Addict. Labor Division, yeah, we, we, we do everything. He does a lot of the back-end stuff. Yeah, the website maintenance, the, yeah. the day-to-day running of the business. The stuff I hate. <laughs> I know you too. So I need a Marshall in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't mind doing it. It just takes a lot of time. So what I found when we, we met was that anything I had a question about, Marshall like, could almost immediately answer. If, if he couldn't answer it right then, he could find it like in a snap. It was incredible. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you find that so fast? And he's almost always right. Not just with that kind of stuff, but like everything is kind of frustrating sometimes, but it's true. So I was like, hey, gosh, everybody needs a marshal. I'm so glad I have this resource, basically. So we we made the resource available to everybody. I, I want to talk about um, something you have on your site, and that is you have put together this detailed list of all the RVs out there. And, and that, yes. to me, that's the rabbit hole I fell in because I get so many people who say to me, what kind of RV should I get? Now, Go RVing, who sponsors our show, has a fantastic website for that, too. You can go on to Go RVing, and they have a help me find, you know, your RV. So they have all that. But you guys are talking about it, too, from a user point of view. Right, so I wanted to, I've got a couple of blog posts out there. One is a comprehensive list of all North American RV manufacturers. Uh, and then on top of that, I've got another blog post of the 26 best RV brands. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are so many RV brands out there, and I wanted to narrow it down to, if you're looking for a Class A 
start with these manufacturers because they're your best bets. And he's been researching this for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. He's been looking at RV since he was interested in the idea, like he said a long time ago. And I wanted to introduce a key research component that anybody can use is the RV consumer group. And you can join them and buy their RV buying guys. And they show you, they educate you on what to look for and they tell you what brands are good and what brands may not so good. Okay. So when you were putting this list together, this isn't Marshall's opinion of what the top 26 are. You know, you have, pulled from all these different resources and from Correct. consumers, from users, from reviews. And so this is, a, a, you've synthesized all that information for people to make the top list. Right. I, I wasn't just pulling out the brands that I like the floor plans of or something like that. No, there's actual, actual real reason for picking these brands. I just love the site, and I, I want to make sure that our audience can uh, have an opportunity to go over there. We're going to come back in a minute, and we are going to talk about your mishap. Let's call it your mishap. <laughs> Hang on. We're going to be back to talk about an incident that happened with Marshall that could have been bad but wasn't, thanks be to God. And it's a cautionary tale. I don't want people to feel like it's a reason not to get out there and go places. Hang on one minute. General RV is the nation's largest family-owned RV dealership with 13 full-service locations, a massive inventory of over 5,000 RVs, and over 500 fully equipped service bays. Every time I say that 500, I have to do a double. It really is 500 service bays throughout the country. It's hard to imagine that all of this grew from a service station in Detroit, but that is how this still family-owned business began way back in 1953. Their sustained growth has been fueled by a commitment to provide world-class service to their customers. They are always up in the ante on themselves. General RV has 13 superstore locations across the nation, including six in Virginia, two in Florida, one in Ohio, Utah, Illinois, Virginia, General RV, it's the nation's largest family-owned RV dealership, and they want you to join the General RV family. They offer service where you travel, hundreds of brands and manufacturers, top quality service, unbeatable prices. Check them out at GeneralRV.com, or just go over to Girl Camper and check them out there. and General RV for always being on board with Girl Camper. It's a great place to look for an RV. So thanks, General. Okay, Marshall, you had an incident, and I I first heard about it through Kelly, but it, it kind of went viral. This little story went all over the Internet last year. So tell us how it all went down. So we were uh, camping in the Valley of the Gods, getting ready to move up to Moab. The Valley of the Gods is in the southeast corner of Utah. Um, and so we're heading north up to uh, Moab. But I was just doing my normal thing, getting my trailer ready, hooking it up. I uh, was kind of unlevel, so I was using some more leveling blocks than I normally would. Um, and, but as I was pulling my leveling blocks out from between my, I've got a dual axle trailer, I was pulling them out from between my axles, the trailer shifted on me slightly. Um, 
It was connected to my truck already, but it shifted slightly, and to make a long story short, my pointer finger on my right hand got caught between the leveling blocks, and it trapped my finger, and thus me, at my trailer. And if I was alone, I would have been uh, in a wee bit of a bind, shall we say. But fortunately... Kelly was still there. We had a few other friends there. He's, he's, he's just talking about real calmly right now. So, Kelly, <laughs> got from your end, how did you discover that your friend was in peril? Yeah, let's go there. So, I'm, I'm inside packing up, and I hear him call my name. And I knew it sounded a little urgent, but I was like, huh, is, he, is that urgent or is it just me? And so I started walking out of my rig, and... Not, you know, wanting to panic or anything. I don't know what's going on. And then I hear it again, and it's for sure. It's like, Kelly! And I'm like, oh, crap. So I run outside, and I see him kneeling next to the tires. And I'm like, what's going on? And his finger is stuck, and his, his voice is slightly elevated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm like, well, what do we do? And he's, he's already hitched up. So he tells me to get in the truck and pull it forward a little. Really? Really? Because <laughs> I can't see what's going on under there. I have no idea. So if I pull forward, am I going to make it worse? Am I going to cut his finger off? What's happening? Still, that's, and you're kind of panicking. So I just went ahead and did it. So I get in the truck. It's a new truck to him, so it's new to me. I'm trying to make sure. Is it really drive or am I in reverse? Yeah. I'm slowly making sure of that. And then I pull forward a little bit. And to my complete horror, I hear, back up, back up, back up. Oh, my Lord, girl, this was horrifying. Horrifying. So, Marshall, what happened when she pulled forward? Because that would seem like the thing to do. Well, I figured it pulled forward because the trailer had shifted back. That's so I figured now it's, it pinched it worse. Oh, so now I tried to back up the same amount that went forward. Did this two or three times, and about the second time I jumped out of the truck, I, I had the wherewithal finally to call our friends over. I mean, three friends were kind of looking, and they weren't sure if something was wrong or not, and they weren't panting. I'm like, what's, do they just normally yell at each other? <laughs> and so they came running over, and thank God they were there, Janine, because if they were not there, I would have, we would have, it just, you're not thinking straight when you're kind of panicking. And I'm not used to Marshall being like that. He's usually very calm. He was very calm. And he was, you know, understandably, elevated <laughs> and so finally someone said I wish we could just lift it up off your finger and that was kind of the key moment where it was like get it back get it back Marshall yeah finally in my one moment of clarity here I said oh yeah if we just lift the trailer off of my finger problem solved right so were you in a lot of pain Marshall or did did it just uh, kind of adrenaline take over well so this whole process was in under five minutes but yeah, my finger really started hurting near the end of this. It's like, okay, I'm done with this. Let's just get my finger out of there before, you know. And I had no idea what condition my finger was in because none, none, nobody could see my finger. And so I just had these horror thoughts that my finger was bleeding. It was it was dangling by a thread. We didn't know. And, yeah, and it's a good thing they were there too because then Marshall would have had to tell me how to work this jack. I didn't know how to work it. Oh, so God, the other guys get everything out of there, got, and we eventually got it off his finger, and it was horrible looking. His finger looked was it flat? It bad. No, it wasn't it flat. Was flat. Yeah, it was flat because the it was pinched between the levelers, and I don't understand how. It and it was flat. from like your middle knuckle up, so it involved. Yes. 
Yeah. The first two sections. <laughs> yeah, the first two sections of my finger. It, it, it was right between the end knuckle and the middle knuckle, basically, where it got super squished. Yeah, okay. fortunately, it wasn't on the knuckle itself. It was yeah. on the, in the bone part. And, yeah. and you know. He still doesn't have feeling all the way in that finger. Yeah, well, you know, so ultimately nothing was wrong with the finger as far as it wasn't bleeding, it wasn't nope. broken, it wasn't, okay. it was just nerve damage. Okay. And, yeah, about, about to 90%, I still have, you know, a numb feeling at the very tip of my finger, but I'm getting used to it, and this may be as good as it ever gets again. And that, that, that ain't bad, because you could have lost your finger. Yeah, absolutely, I'm perfectly happy I have And the knuckle, I mean the knuckle... If they got the bone, so when you got it out, did you put ice on it or? Yes, yes, we iced it up. Um, and we had a friend whose mom was a nurse. She called and you know she, she told us what all we should do, and so we took care of it. And yeah, did and you go to the ER? What's that? Did you go to the emergency room? No, because I mean there was. We were literally in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I mean the, the emergency room. I honestly have no idea where an emergency room would have been. Yeah. Um, it was like, been an hour though. Yeah, an hour or two away. But <laughs> so yeah, it's a good thing it wasn't a crushing issue. No, I'm saying. Crushing issue to get there. Um, yeah, we debated going, but it ultimately he, he could move it, and it was like, well. And by the time we got up to Moab, there was another nurse friend of ours up here that looked at the finger, and she said, well, you know, there's really nothing they can do about it, so. Yeah, they, yeah. you go in there, and you pay a giant copay, and they they say to, you know, take, go, make an appointment with an orthopedic. <laughs> yeah, or, or just to put ice on it. Yeah, yeah. So, Kelly, I, I'm, I'm listening to you say, you know, like, you know, what you did and how you did not know how to work that jack, and, and, um, Coming from my vintage trailer days, I do know how to work a jack because there was no automatic cranks on anything on those old trailers. But I think a lot of people with new RVs would have been in that boat. Like, what what was your lesson learned here? What was the takeaway? Uh, girl, it was a big lesson. And it, it dawned on us, like, five minutes after it happened. We were all standing around talking about it and, you know, Mercy Marshall. And it, we kind of were like... What if, what if Marshall had been here by himself? Because we're looking at where we're parked. We're looking at how he was positioned. We're looking at the traffic that goes by. They fly by. Yeah. And if Marshall had been turned just a little bit of a different angle, probably no, nobody would have heard him. We didn't see a camper from where we were parked. That's how dispersed and open this area is. Had nobody been around, he didn't have a phone on him. So, yeah. He, would, he he literally could have died. He, nobody had seen him. It just it was it was a big old weight kind of pressing on him. So it was like this is serious. He literally could have died. Yeah. Um. He that just has not crossed my my mind. And I'm more of a proponent to tell people, yes, go boondocking, get out there. It's safe. People aren't trying to kill you like everybody thinks. But this at least put into our or awareness that if you are camped all by yourself without people around, nobody can hear you, you can die. Or if you go on a hike all by yourself, you yeah. literally could die if you just don't take some precautions. If have you have a phone in your pocket. Yes, absolutely. But you don't think to always have your phone right there in your pockets. So, so that's, that's a takeaway. Um, and so now 
I don't know that I'm ever going to park all by myself because I don't really want to. It's not in my DNA. I like, I like having some people around. But I know that people really do like to do that. So the, the whole moral of the story is we want to help people to understand, first of all, having your awareness that things can happen. You can trip and fall, break a leg out on a trail somewhere. Um, so there might be some things you want to do to uh, be, make sure that you don't die while you're out there. And, for example, there's two examples. Number one, there's a hiker missing in Glacier National Park right now. Uh, he disappeared off the Highline Trail, which, which is, is a very popular trail. Yeah, we just did it two days ago. It's really popular. Yeah, yeah we were there two years ago, and it was mobbed. Yes, exactly. So how does that even happen? Um, he, but he's missing. He's been missing for like two weeks. And then our friend, who is going to tell that part? Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, Matt, uh, Matt and Diane are good friends. They were out uh, off-roading at, uh, yeah, at uh, Great Sand Dunes National Park, and they had a sudden uh, storm roll through, and the road literally washed out in front of them. Like they could not get back. But, and they were in a dead cellar, and that's the problem. When you're out hiking or even boondocking, sometimes you don't have cell service, so the other option is to get a personal locator beacon, which is a satellite device. Get a spot X. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because you don't exactly. need cell service for a spot X. Right, yeah, right. And Matt and Diane had one of those, and they were able to notify a friend who then called the Rangers and told them what was going on. The Rangers came out there, and they proceeded to get stuck as well. But anyways, that's one of the stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at so least they were able to make contact. Yes. Yes. So, Marshall, for you, how, how does this change the way you're approaching the whole RV solo travel now? Well, you know, like Kelly said, I, I don't really have any desire to be camping by myself anymore either just because of these situations that can happen, and it's good to have someone else around. But, you know, it's also – it was a real highlight. It's uh, a real eye-opener in that you don't take things for granted and just don't go through the motions. Pay attention to what you're doing and think things through before you do it. And I think when we're RVing for a long time, there is a danger – of just becoming too complacent. Um, five or six yeah. years ago, we had one of our girls, we were all in a caravan, you know, 10 of us rolling down 81 South. And um, it was raining really bad. And um, so a truck went by one of our friends and she got a trailer sway going and she couldn't, she couldn't stop it. And she rolled. And we were all ahead in the gas station. She was fine. I mean, her truck and trailer were totaled. She was belted in, and she she had anti-sway bars. She had a weight distribution hitch. It was just the perfect storm of things. And even the state trooper um, who was cleaning up the mess, he said, but you've got everything on here, but the, the size of the truck that passed you, the conditions created this. So... We were all in a rest stop, you know, um, saying, oh, my God, you know, there's been any, one, of, one of our girls had an accident. You know, we were all waiting to hear. She was texting us. She was fine, really shaken up. But one of the women said, you know what? We have to stop thinking that because we've been doing this so long that nothing can go wrong. Like you do get to a place where it's just towing and you really have to do every consideration. And and for me, what that changed for me is I don't push through in bad weather. If it's really, really raining or really, really windy, I stop. I just, I'm not driving today. That's just it. I, you don't do things like that. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and in our case, we don't have to be anywhere. I mean, this is our life, so we, mm-hmm. we're not on a two-week vacation. We're not on a time schedule, yeah. so we don't have to push it when the weather's bad. Kelly, it's fine. Oh, my gosh, gosh that, that would be horrifying. horrifying. Yeah, it, it was very frightening, but guess what? Um, she got a new truck, and she got a new trailer, and she's still out there doing it. But the lesson is, you know, don't do it in conditions that would increase the possibility of something happening to you. And that particular highway, too, 81 South in Virginia, it's two lanes. It's very heavy truck traffic. It's a beautiful drive through the rolling hills of Virginia. But there's a parallel secondary road that runs all the way from Pennsylvania down to Alabama, and you could have been on that. It's a little slower, but you know what I mean? So sometimes when conditions are like that, it's just fun to drive the secondary road. So a lot of times I'll do that. I'm like, this is too much today. The trucks are everything too much, and I'll, I'll just get off, take a break. But, Kelly, I would like you to speak to women who are considering full-time RVing. It's a question I get from people all the time. If you had to give one or two nuggets of wisdom, uh, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Well, I have so, so many. many. Um, first, I just, just say probably what you tell so many people, just, just go ahead and do it. Don't be scared to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's so generic and basic. Um, I personally like the whole camaraderie part of what I do, that how I live. So I would say do join um, different clubs or organizations that where you can find other people who are like-minded, really love to camp, um, maybe want to go full-time, and travel with them. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this lifestyle for me now, is all the friendships that I've made. Um, to try not to be afraid to do it, just... Oh my gosh, people are scared to, to tow. I know you deal with that a lot. And you can yeah. ask questions. It's the number one uh, thing. When I call right. people, number one, all the time, afraid to tow. Yes. Uh, think about it this way, maybe. You're going to be probably bigger than most of the other vehicles on the road, and when you're driving your car, don't you try to kind of give them respect and, and avoid them? I mean, people will watch out for you. So when you're the big dog on the road, hey, you know, you don't have to worry so much about the other people. Um, just know that most roads are, are built to, most roads are built to let giant vehicles drive on them. So wherever you can take a car, you can probably pull a trailer as well. Of course, there's going to be exceptions, you know, particular small gas stations, small little cities, but you can avoid that, those areas. So it's really not that, towing is not that scary. Just get in a parking lot somewhere. Get in a class A or, you know, write something and just practice. Practice. I always say that, slow and steady. You know, your first trip doesn't have to be cross-country. Right. Go an hour from home, and you you wouldn't believe the victory feeling you have when you get there and get yourself home. It's like, I did this. And I I know quite a few women who were scared to drive and now have have taken tackled it and they I haven't had a single one of them say oh I can't do that oh it's too scary they they you know, go I'm so glad and they're like oh, it's not that bad I'm so glad you said that Kelly because really it's very very rare that you see someone who set themselves off and went off and just said this isn't for me I, right. I've really never seen anyone do that. No, I'm sure it's happened once or twice, but that's very much the exception. Yeah. Just once you do it, and that's with anything. You face your fears, you go ahead and you do it, and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Once you're on the other side of that fear, once you've done it, 
you always look back and go, oh my gosh, it was just all in my head, all that fear, all that worrying, it's your brain, it's your brain messing with you. And educating yourself like you did, Marshall, like learning everything you can ahead of time is, you know, listening to these podcasts, um, going on websites like yours and getting really good information is a great way to just, you know, knowledge is power. And when you're driving down the road and you go, I know why the trailer is doing this because I saw it on a YouTube video. I just need to slow down or, you know, like then you're like, okay, they talked about this. I knew this was going to happen. This could happen. I'm, I'm okay. So I love what you guys are doing. Tell everybody where they can find you and follow you. Are you guys on Instagram too? We sure are. We're yeah. So, so if you, you go, go to uh, campaddict.com, that's our obviously our website, and on the uh, top menu bar, you've got a link to both our Instagram and our Facebook pages. Yeah, and you can just type in campaddict on Instagram and find us. Yeah. Same thing on Facebook. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Marshall, I'm so glad that you're you're okay, and yes, that you've got you know 95% use of that finger. You did okay. Yes, yeah, I'm grateful too. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, yeah. it's great spending this time with you guys. And hey, I hope I see you at courtside in January. Well, you may just, yeah, absolutely. Somewhere out there on the road, I'm going to be someplace where the snow isn't flying in January. <laughs> It's about, it, are we going to do, is a annual bash in Corsair? No, it's in my house. The Escapers okay. one? Yeah. Yeah. We're, I know, we're I just got an invitation to that, and I'm really trying to work it out. Nice. Uh, yeah, be so so I'm, I might yeah. be there. I might be there. I'd, I'd love to go. So, uh, anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know I held you up a little this morning, and because uh, you guys are traveling today. Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, you know how jello plans are. Yeah. <laughs> we should not be moving today, so we well, shall see. You're stuck in a really great place, so enjoy uh, Glacier. So thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on the show, and happy trails. Thank you so Jane. much, Shane. Thank you. Well, that is our show for today. I enjoyed talking to Marshall and Kelly, but I got to tell you, I just wanted to kind of jump in my car and leave when I hung up with them. It just looks like so much fun. One of these days, I'm going to be able to go on these kind of extended things. I don't know how I'm ever going to get my husband to retire, but maybe I can figure out how he can work from the road. But Kelly and Marshall, thanks for all you're doing. I just love your website. Check them out at campaddict.com. I'm going to put the link in the blog post for this uh, show and you can fall in that rabbit hole too I'd also like to thank our sponsors Campco, Go RVing Liberty Outdoors and our consortium of girl camper friendly trailer uh, RV dealerships General RV, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia and Bankston Motorhomes with five locations three in Alabama and two in Tennessee. I want to thank all our sponsors for making this show possible That's a wrap everybody Have a good week. Happy trails Thank you.